1: Tonight's scary ride. A UBC woman student is assaulted by a group of youths on a transit bus. Plus.
2: This is definitely not a collector's item. There's not there's no value on the market for it.
1: So who would steal this soapbox racer with sentimental value and why? And Your sidewalks even yeah! David. Hockey makes a comeback with a first for the NHL.
0: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
1: Good evening. Thanks for joining us. Today is Emancipation Day, the anniversary of when the British Empire abolished slavery. To market, marches were held in cities across Canada, including here in Vancouver. And while it has been 186 years, as Paul Johnson reports, many of today's participants say emancipation remains a constant struggle. What?
0: You may have heard of America's Juneteenth and know of its importance, but have you heard of Emancipation Day?
3: It's important for
4: Canada as a whole to recognize that today, August 1st, 1834, was when slavery was abolished in Canada.
0: That the British Empire, which Canada was then a part of, abolished slavery decades before its bloody end in the U.S. is a fact not likely known to many Canadians. But the point here is not to congratulate our forebears on being ahead of the Americans, but to recognize you can't abolish something that didn't exist in the first place.
4: It's important for everyone to understand and know that there is slavery in Canada and, you know, this day is important.
0: Saturday's Freedom March began with a rally in Jackpool Plaza, followed by a march across the West End to Sunset Beach. Organizers say the province of Ontario and now the city of Vancouver recognize the importance of this day which they hope makes it into school curricula. Nova Stevens says that would be a good start at seeing her ancestors as more than only slaves.
5: I was not born a slave, you know, my my ancestors were not born a slave. They were taken and brought, in, you know, to this country and, like, America and other countries to be slaves. But before then, we were kings and queens. We were conquerors. We were creators. So why is that not being taught?
0: One other thing about history is that the official version is subject to change, often through struggle and protest. This is what that looks like.
1: Okay. Emancipation day.
0: In Vancouver, Paul Johnson, Global News.
1: A disturbing attack on board a transit bus in downtown Vancouver late last night. Transit police say a young woman who told a group of teens to stop drinking and vaping on the number 14 bus was assaulted and robbed of her backpack. The victim, a 24-year-old UBC student, says she has bruises all over her body. She believes she was targeted because she's Asian, but transit police say there's nothing to suggest the robbery was racially motivated. The teen suspects were arrested at Commercial Broadway SkyTrain Station. They've been released on conditions and into the custody of their guardians. We've concealed the victim's identity.
6: By the time the other three got into me and then started beating me and like pulling out, out my hair, and also kicking me from the very front of the bus
1: to the the back of the bus. So I was kind of dragged all the way from the front to the back more disturbing cases of people being spit on. But this time, two Vancouver police officers were targeted. The VPD says two officers on patrol on the Granville Mall last night were dealing with a man about a bylaw infraction when he allegedly spat at the officers, one in the face, the other on the shoes. Deputy Chief Howard Chow tweeted the suspect had been previously charged for a similar incident. The man was arrested and taken into custody. The BPD says it has seen an increase in such incidents recently. Victoria Police are increasing their presence in two problem areas this month due to community safety concerns. More officers will be deployed to the Beacon Hill Park area where a large homeless encampment remains. Several park staff recently refused to work in the downtown park after two of them were threatened with violence. Police patrols will also be stepped up in the Burnside Gorge neighborhood, which has seen crime increase near hotels that are housing the homeless. The Independent Investigations Office has been notified following an incident in Prince George on Thursday. RCMP got a call saying a truck stolen in Alberta was seen in Prince George in a parking lot in the 1400 block of Caribou Highway. A man and two women fled the vehicle. One woman was released without charge. The other two were transported to the detachment. Police say they later found the man had sustained injuries when was brought to the hospital. The IIO is determining if police actions are connected to that man's injuries. There are about 38 wildfires burning right in B.C. right now. Most are five hectares in size or smaller, but that can change easily. In the Nanaimo Lakes area of Vancouver Island, the Green Mountain Fire is currently nine hectares in size. And is considered out of control. A lightning strike is the cause. At present, no structures are at risk. Just north of Oliver, the Solco Creek wildfire is now roughly 13 hectares in size and is also classified as out of control. People along a beach near Penticton watched as helicopter crews helped battle the blaze. The fire is now threatening is not rather threatening structures. Yesterday's storm cell ignited 15 new wildfires in the Kamloops region. As we head into um, a
7: continuing sort of hot period with potential for thunderstorms, we are, of course, always worried that new fire
1: starts could be seen, and we have seen a number of those over the last 24 hours. To an alarming discovery in the Okanagan, a local nonprofit group has found an illegal dump site on a backcountry road. As Darian Matassa-Fung reports, the group says the site is an environmental disaster with hazardous material left sitting on top of a watershed.
8: A local nonprofit organization says it has found a massive illegal dumping site that looks to be decades old. Came across an enormous
9: illegal dump site that dates all the way back to the 40s and has been buried, redumped, buried and it's layered as far as we could go down.
8: Kane Blake, founder of the Okanagan Forest Task Force, says the area that the garbage is sitting on is a watershed for the surrounding community.
9: It's to come out. This is a protected watershed. This is people's drinking water, wildlife drinking water, as well as the cattle up here.
8: The Okanagan Forest Task Force says the dumping site is filled with hazardous material, but it can't begin cleanups without government approval.
9: Because it's a watershed, we just can't bring equipment in here, disrupt the ground. It could be a potential for a mudslide later on.
8: The dumping site up Beaver Lake Road in Lake Country is littered with old bottles, construction materials, mechanical parts, oil cans, and even has an old boat and dock. The Okanagan Forest Task Force says they found this massive illegal dump site during their cleanup last weekend. The massive cleanup on July 25th saw the nonprofit group, with the help of some local businesses and volunteers, haul over 20,000 pounds of material out of the Okanagan backcountry.
9: We pulled out three burnt vehicles, thousands of pounds of metal. Um, It was 13,600 pounds to be exact and
8: 10,000 pounds of garbage. Blake says the cleanups would not be as successful as they are if they didn't have support from the community. Since the creation of the Okanagan Forest Task Force in 2016, the group says it has removed over 270,000 pounds of illegally dumped materials in the Okanagan backcountry. Darian Matasafung, Global News, Lake Country.
1: Despite recent tragedies on the water, drownings are on a downward trend in B.C., but international students are still dying in our lakes and rivers. Kristen Robinson has a look at the numbers and what experts are doing to educate young foreign nationals about the deadly risks.
3: Whenever I see this water, I have only one thing in my mind. Tell people, please don't go close to the water.
7: It hits Mubashir Rahman every time he visits the spot where the North Thompson River took his friend.
3: He had the same dream. He had dreams of giving his family, his parents, a good life.
7: Rahul nanny, came to Canada from India to study business.
3: He was a very fun-loving guy.
7: After celebrating his 23rd birthday in May 2019, Rahul and some friends decided to take photos of the sunrise from the riverbank.
3: He actually removed his shoes and socks to get on top of that rock, but he slipped.
7: The Thompson Rivers University student accidentally fell in the water
3: where he was swept away. It was really hard, hard for all of us. It was hard for even people at school to accept this.
7: Rahul is one of 12 foreign nationals, all under age 25, who have drowned in BC since July 2006, 10 of the deaths in the last decade including two in recent weeks. Experts say new Canadians face a higher risk of drowning. The
10: research shows they're four times more likely not to know how to swim, so if they get in trouble in the water, unfortunately it often ends in tragedy.
7: Since the Lifesaving Society recommended water safety training for foreign students in 2010, education has been ramped up in elementary schools with basic skills to survive an unexpected fall into deep water.
10: We feel if, if we could get uh, a majority of the people in the Swim to Survive program, then we could cut drownings in half.
3: Those rules are set to save our lives, not to waste our time.
7: Like Rahul, 78% of B.C. drowning victims are men, 28% are aged 20 to 34, and 65% drown in lakes or
3: rivers. Anybody can come and jump in the river, but who can come back from the river, we never know.
7: Kristen Robinson, Global News.
1: I saw that coming. A warning to be careful when the tide comes in. A man jumped in the ocean at Parksville Beach last night to save a girl who apparently got into trouble when the tide came in. Tara Smith says her family saw the girl stuck on a sandbar when the water washed the sand away. She tried to swim and made it halfway before yelling help. Smith's husband swam out and brought the girl back to shore.
6: We again have to go and park over there. Is it fair, you
1: mean? It is because we're reduced. We're we're reducing parking. A steady flow of people in and out of the parks and beaches in the Tri-Cities today, including at Belcarra Park, though not the mass influx reported in the last couple of weekends. But with reduced parking, many beach and park goers were frustrated with having to park further away from their ultimate destination or waiting a long time to get a
2: spot. Fortunately, I've got had the park actually nearby. So, but after like maybe like 20 minutes, you know, we can run for parking. So, but yeah, it's good. You circled for 20 minutes.
10: Yeah, exactly. Oh <laughs> well, well, we had to drop these off here and then I had to walk up uh, about a kilometer and a half to get back here. <laughs> oh, and I was yeah. one of the lucky ones cause it's uh, only got a, a limited amount of overflow along the road. And then you got to be about another two or three K down to get more parking.
1: Parts of the to Sky Highway turned into a parking lot today with bumper-to-bumper traffic south of Porto Cove at Furry Creek. No accident here, just vacationers heading out on the road. One of the destinations was Squamish, where the water was also very busy, as people took advantage of the wind to kite surf. Locals tell Global News it looks like they've become a travel hotspot during the pandemic. The pilot of a small plane en route from BC to Alberta had to make an emergency landing. The aircraft landed on a road about 11 kilometers south of Hinton, Alberta, Friday afternoon. The plane was en route to Edmonton when a mechanical issue forced the pilot to land. The plane clipped a vehicle during the landing, but no one was injured. The RCMP have contacted the Transportation Safety Board. Science World, welcome back visitors today with enhanced safety protocols in place. Anyone over the age of six is required wear a mask and all guests are required to physically distance most of the attractions are back but some favorites could not be reopened due to COVID-19 concerns Science World has been closed since early March losing 85 percent of its revenue streams we do encourage people to use uh, get the tickets online with the time ticket entries but we can also accommodate tickets members who are guests who walk up to the door as long as we have space at the time they come up We'll just ask them to do a quick health check, similar to what you do online when you're booking your tickets, and then they can come on in and visit Science World. More evidence tonight that thieves will steal just about anything. A Vancouver man noticed a door to his garage had been left open. When he went to investigate, he found the one item of sentimental value stored inside had been stolen. Nadia Stewart reports.
2: Definitely motive is uh, it's a big question. I can't really understand why they would want to do something like that.
6: Why someone would want to steal the soapbox racer Ian White built with his father when he was just nine years old remains an unanswered question. For the last 18 years, it had been sitting in the garage up until Friday when thieves broke in and stole it.
2: I had a friend call me um, in the morning and then, yeah, I just went instantly in the garage. He told me the door was open, so I just instantly checked and I couldn't believe, like, the largest item, was was gone, which was the soapbox racer.
6: A neighbor's surveillance camera captured the racer being wheeled down the alley after eight on Friday evening. White says it appears to be a man and woman on the camera. He's still surprised neither him or his neighbors heard anything.
2: We do have camera footage of them walking up to the garage without the car visible. So uh, definitely seemed like very plan organized uh, tries. Keep quiet as well, even though the the soapbox racer is actually very loud when it's rumbling down the, the lane.
6: Car 54, where are you? Words from the theme song of a 1960s sitcom. Now the same question White is asking himself Saturday morning. His racer was also nicknamed Car 54. Do you remember that feeling of crossing the finish line? Oh, yeah. For three was, years as a child, line. he raced it uh, in the Kitsilano yeah. Soapbox Derby. White says it holds little to no monetary value, but Let's it's still priceless harding, in his you know, heart.
2: Building a car, our own car, and then having, being able to race it not too far away um, as well from the house, that, that's fantastic.
6: The hope now is someone will help them find it. Vancouver police are investigating. Nadia Stewart, Global News.
1: A North Vancouver teenager is enjoying a a well-deserved break in the shade after accomplishing a major feat in the blazing heat. Owen oh, Osler spent this morning running the equivalent of a marathon at Mahon Park in North Vancouver. That's 106 times around the track. The Herculean effort was all in support of the Lionsgate Hospital Foundation, raising more than $10,000 for the new critical care unit that will help 14,000 patients every year. Even more remarkable, the 15-year-old only started training two months ago. He didn't decide to do it until June 1st, and he is not a runner, so he's only been training since June 1st. So it's a huge personal challenge to get from zero to a marathon in two months.
2: Yeah, it was fantastic. It was definitely hot, hot, hard to do because of the heat, but uh, it was good. I just wanted to challenge myself, make myself a better person and, and help out around the community.
1: Good for him. Starting today, people in Calgary are required to wear face masks inside public buildings and on transit. The Calgary bylaw affects nearly all public areas, including condo buildings and office buildings. It does not include schools, daycares or multi-family buildings. Those who don't comply can be fined $50. Edmonton's mandatory face mask bylaw also comes into effect today. The bylaw is similar to Calgary's. The city requires masks be worn in indoor public spaces and on public t- in public vehicles. Exceptions include restaurants. And as of yesterday, masks were made mandatory in the town site of Banff. Unlike many other bylaws, masks were also required outdoors on Banff Avenue. Thousands gathered in Berlin today to protest against recent COVID-19 restrictions. The demonstration was comprised of several groups, including right-wing vaccination opponents and conspiracy theorists. Germany, like many other European countries, imposed restrictions on the population to curb the spread of COVID-19. New numbers show Germany has had more than 210,000 cases, more than 9,000 deaths, and cases there are on the rise. Protests against police violence and racism continued in Portland Friday night, but with relative calm for a second night in a row. No state or federal officers were seen as crowds formed. Protesters gathered around a bonfire and chanted Black Lives Matter. Friday marked the 65th consecutive night of protests in the wake of George Floyd's death. There is outrage after U.S. President Donald Trump threatened to ban the social media app TikTok over security concerns. But some say his plan could backfire come Election Day, a reminder to never underestimate the power of youth.
11: Tonight, social media juggernaut TikTok is in danger after the president threatens to shut it down. President Trump telling reporters on Air Force One, as far as TikTok is concerned, we're banning it from the United States, citing national security concerns with the Chinese-owned company. A source directly familiar with the talks confirms to NBC News that a deal to sell TikTok's U.S. operations to a domestic business, most likely Microsoft, is on President Trump's desk. TikTok has awkwardly danced its way into becoming a cultural world trendsetter with more than 800 million worldwide users, 100 million in the US alone. TikTok's gone. TikTok's never coming back. I'm gonna miss it. I'm gonna miss you guys. Overnight, TikTokers reacting, including big stars who earn a living from monetizing the platform. TikTok responding. Uh,
2: We're not planning on going anywhere. TikTok is a home for creators and artists to express themselves, their ideas, and connect with people
6: across different backgrounds.
11: Congress first raised concerns about security on the platform last fall.
7: The devil's not going to come in a scary costume. It's going to come in a very friendly, danceable <laughs> costume. And so, you know, I think we should be concerned.
11: The president has the authority to implement a ban when it comes to questions of national security, but there are questions on how it would work.
7: He certainly can disrupt it, but there are better solutions to fixing this problem. And he can do it for now, but. We'll see how long that that will last.
11: But the threat of a ban is already having a real impact online, especially for the millions of young TikTokers heading to the polls for the first time. It has really fired up young people. Even just overnight, I've heard so many young people tell me, I'm going to vote in this election. Young voices now determined to take action in November. Steve Patterson, NBC News
1: bond has been set for the Florida teen, allegedly behind Twitter's massive hack two weeks ago at $750,000. 17-year-old Graham Clark of Tampa was arrested Friday and faces felony charges after allegedly hacking the accounts of Barack Obama, Elon Musk and Bill Gates, among others. He then posted, allegedly, messages in their names directing victims to send Bitcoin claiming to double their money. The scheme generated more than $100,000 in Bitcoin in just one day. Florida, which is struggling to contain COVID-19, is sitting in the crosshairs of Tropical Storm Isaiah. It could become a hurricane again when it hits the state's east coast.
8: So now everyone should be uh, safely at, um, staying at home. Uh, do not go out unless you really need to.
1: Power outages are inevitable. 2,000 workers from 10 other states have been brought in to help restore electricity. The hurricane already blasted through the Bahamas and Cuba, causing flooding and damaging buildings. Evacuation orders have been issued for nearly 200 homes as an enormous fire continues to burn in California. This was the scene last night in Cherry Valley. Flames charring the area and moving eastward. More than 300 firefighters are battling the wildfire and say it's now over 1,700 acres and 0% contained. Crews say wind may have been a factor in the rapid spread. In Health Matters Tonight, the first person in the U.S. to receive a face transplant has died. In December of 2008, Connie Culp received a new face at the Cleveland Clinic after she was injured by a shotgun blast. The first-of-its-kind transplant surgery took two days, requiring 22 hours of operating time. Culp was 57 years old. Her cause of death is not known. Do stats out of the U.S. show just how dangerous our favorite drug is? The CDC says excessive alcohol use is responsible for more than 93,000 deaths in the U.S. each year. The report shows more than half of the deaths were due to drinking too much over time from conditions such as cancer, liver disease and heart disease. Data from the Canadian Institute for Health Information shows more than seven Canadians die in hospital every day related to alcohol. And that doesn't include those who die outside of hospital.
0: You're watching Global News Hour at 6.
1: Would you know what to do if you found one of these little critters? You're going to see it in a second here. A Victorian man knew exactly what to do. We're going to have that story for you right after the forecast. But first, a heat wave is hitting much of Europe and it is bringing out some rather unusual characters like this man in a T Rex suit spotted paddling in the waters off Italy. Um, We're not sure. Temperatures have soared close to 40 degrees Celsius. Numerous cities are on red alert with heat warnings in place for 14 cities, including Verona and Latina. And Ivana's here. And boy, it was a beautiful day. Not like that, though.
4: No, and I didn't see a dinosaur out on the water. So That's good. Yeah. (laughs) Fantastic start to the weekend. We've had plenty of sunshine. Another hot one today, especially with the Humidex. Here's a quick glance just overlooking the North Shore Mountains. Highs today, 24. When you factor in the Humidex, it was feeling closer to 30 degrees. We have a bit of a break on the way for the heat, and I'll show you more in just a moment. Highs today for the southeastern corners, a hot one. Cranbrook bumping up to 38 degrees, and Kamloops today climbing up to 36. A quick glance right now. So with the Humidex areas rather in t- near Hope, feeling closer to 30 degrees, and we can see that in Nanaimo and Powell River as well. We've got some instability. Severe thunderstorm watches in effect. We could see very heavy rain, the potential for, for hail, as well as gusty conditions. And this is for the southeastern corner. So we've got a line of thunderstorms. They'll start to ease off as we approach the evening hours in a severe thunderstorm warning for the northeastern corners of the province. And the peace is included within that, expecting it to die down as well as we progress throughout the evening. But still very active weather this uh, tonight. We are looking at a system that that... is going to push in across the north coast for tomorrow. The weather story that we're following is this system along the southern half of the province. Tomorrow morning it's dry, increasing cloud cover for the afternoon, and the northern and central edge of the island will be looking at that chance of showers, and then it pushes in across Metro Vancouver. So more cloud cover for Sunday night with the chance of showers, and it should rebound once again for Monday as we round things off for the long weekend. Heat warning that is still in effect for the following areas, so we've still got one more hot day tomorrow will start to moderate on Monday. The following areas included within that, especially for the boundary, West Kootenai and the Kootenai Lake regions, we will be looking at that heat into the upper 30s and the overnight lows between 14 and 18 degrees. So one more hot day and a bit of a break is on the way as we get in towards our Monday. We can see that on the upper level chart. Monday, a bit of a reprieve for most areas across the province, but a heads up, it does build in once again for Tuesday, Wednesday likely. The temperature trend will show us that that the temperatures will bump up and then cool off towards the end of the week. Metro Vancouver, we see that for Tuesday, Wednesday, and for example, areas in the southern interior near Kelowna, will start to see a peak once again on Wednesday and a touch cooler with a bit more cloud cover rolling in Thursday, Friday. Quick update on the fire danger rating, much of the southern half of the province high, that's what we're seeing in Orange and extreme, so please be careful. Right now, we're tracking 42 active fires, 19 so far suspected lightning-caused, and three human-caused. The northern half of the province tomorrow seeing some shower activity, cloud cover along the coast, highs up to 17 degrees. We've got instability for the northeastern corners, the central interior, the concern with the chance of showers and the risk of thunderstorms and the heat. The big weather story once again for the southern half of the province, especially stretching in towards the southeastern corners all areas across the south coast it is a dry start to the morning by the afternoon the northern and central half of the island will be seeing a chance of showers we have more cloud cover building in towards the afternoon and evening a chance for an isolated shower should rebound and then we're back into plenty of sunshine monday tuesday and leading in towards our wednesday too colleen lovely way to start off august thanks yvonne
1: Well, it doesn't matter where in the world, seeing whales up close is always exciting. Fishermen and tourists thrilled to see two whales in a bay off the coast of Croatia. It's unusual to see whales come in so far to this bay and so close to shore. The whales had two full boats of tourists watching them. Sperm whales and fin whales are actually a common sight in the Adriatic. And this, the BCSPCA's Wild Animal Rehabilitation Centre on Vancouver Island is caring for its second orphaned river otter pup this season. This female was recently found crying and wandering a beach near Victoria. A good Samaritan contacted Wild Ark. When rescued, the little otter weighed just over one kilogram and was weak from malnourishment. She joins another orphaned otter brought in in June after its mother was killed by a car. So both can be released next spring. Nice.
4: Very cute. I know. I'm tempted that I would keep one, but that's not what you're supposed to do. Just call in, and yeah. Oh, you yeah. ought or
1: not do that.
10: Uh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> fairies here.
10: (laughs) (laughs) Who else would it be?
1: (laughs) What you got coming up?
10: Well, I'm in a good mood because there's just lots of action going on. The uh, NHL play-ins are are starting, not playoffs technically, but it's uh, loser out. So I think it's playoffs. So we'll show you highlights of all the games that have happened so far. Lots of upsets like I thought would happen. Uh, Raptors (laughs) are going as well. Uh, Just so much action. And we'll hear from the Canucks, of course, who start their series tomorrow night. So Yes, yeah, kinda like old times, kinda. kinda. Not quite, but almost.
1: Yeah. Almost. Thanks, Barry. As the world waits for a vaccine, how doctors treat the most critically ill COVID nineteen patients has evolved significantly over the last six months. Global's Heather Urex West looks at how treatments have changed since Canada identified its first case of COVID nineteen in January.
5: When doctors at Toronto's Sunnybrook Hospital treated Canada's first case of COVID-19 back in January, there were very few tools available for them to use.
10: All the things that we were doing were merely supporting the failing lungs through the use of oxygen or ventilators.
5: The global search for new therapies has involved a coordinated effort by scientists around the world. And while some therapies, like the anti-malarial drug hydroxychloroquine, once promoted by U.S. President Donald Trump, have not measured up to early expectations, other drugs have emerged to become a new standard of care.
11: We've gone from not using steroids routinely to everybody who uh, has COVID and is in an ICU is getting uh, dexamethasone, that's the name of that steroid drug.
5: A breakthrough in the race to find new treatments came in June when an Oxford University team published a study on dexamethasone, a cheap and readily available drug commonly used to fight inflammation. According to the findings, dexamethasone helped prevent one death in every eight COVID-19 patients on ventilators. The drug is now being commonly used to treat COVID-19 patients in hospitals across Canada.
10: So the dexamethasone right now is uh, the therapy that I would say would be uh, leading in terms of its uh, benefit to patients. And then the next one that I mentioned was the remdesivir, which is the drug that specifically targets the coronavirus itself.
5: The antiviral drug has shown promise in clinical trials, both in shortening the duration of illness and reducing mortality. But the drug was only recently approved for use in Canada.
3: At the
10: beginning of the pandemic, you know, we were using it on a special access um, permit, but it took many days to obtain, so it really wasn't practical.
5: Now that remdesivir can be more readily accessed, doctors will be able to use the two therapies in tandem in the hopes that together they can help the country's most critically ill patients better recover. Heather, Urex west Global News, Calgary.
1: An NHL player is getting support for his anti-racism message as the hockey season restarts.
2: Racism is a man-made creation. Hockey is a great game, but it could be a whole lot greater, and it starts with all of us.
1: Matt Dumba is from Regina and now plays with the Minnesota Wild. He took a knee during the American National Anthem. It's reportedly the first time an NHLer has done that. The moment was even more poignant when Edmonton Oilers defenseman Darnell Nurse and Chicago Blackhawks goaltender Malcolm Subban placed their hands on his shoulders as an act of support. And with more on the restart, here's Barry.
10: Yeah, we were saying, Colleen, in the past, NHL players have been pretty neutral when it comes to uh, you know social issues. It's uh, refreshing to see that uh, they're taking a stance. All right, yeah, it's been 142 days since a meaningful NHL game was played. But today, hockey fans got what they've been waiting for. The start of the play-in series, five of the eight getting started today. And we'll start in Edmonton, where the hometown Oilers, the fifth seed in the West, taking on the 12th seed Blackhawks. But a dangerous matchup for an Edmonton team that has big expectations. Expectations. Corey Crawford got the starting goal for Chicago. He's recovered from COVID-19, hasn't practiced a whole lot, and the Oilers got off to a good start, their number one ranked power play, and guess who? Connor McDavid with the ripper over the shoulder, and it's 1-0 Edmonton, but uh, there's a lot of goals in this game. Chicago tied it, then took the lead. Jonathan Taves, all alone in the slot, goes top shelf on the veteran Mike Smith, who got the start over Mika Koskinen it was 2-1 Chicago later in the first Hawks win the draw and Brandon Saad with the good hands in front nice deflection here beats Smith it's 3-1 they weren't done rookie Dominic Kubelik with a great feed to Taves for a second of the period Kubelik's third assist in his NHL postseason debut 4-1 Chicago after one the Oilers are in shock but man they are playing very loose Second period, Oilers power play, Corey Crawford. What a save here to deny Alex Chase on, but the Oilers retrieve it and McDavid to Leon Dreisidel, who will be the league MVP. That made it four to two. But Chicago's power play just as lethal. The rookie Kubalik will blast the one-timer to make it 5-2. And that is it for Mike Smith. He gets the hook. Nico Koskinen comes in, but uh, Chicago keeps on coming. It's Kubalik again, a nifty deflection. Second goal, fifth point. It's a new NHL record for a playoff debut. Oilers got two late ones, but fall 6-4 in game one. Michael Bublé singing O Canada from center ice at Rogers Arena for the start of the Habs-Penguins game being played in Toronto. The Habs huge underdogs against Sidney Crosby and company. Habs get the start they want, though. They led one nothing after 1, and then in the second, Nick Suzuki. Firing one past Matt Murray. It's 2-0. we got an upset brewing, but the Pens struck for a couple of quick ones, including this one by Brian Rust. It is 2-2 now in the second. Earlier, Rangers and Hurricanes. Henrik Lundqvist, a surprise starter. Rookie Igor Shosturkin was a late scratch because of injury. Canes jump out just over a minute in. Jacob Slaven goes top corner. No chance for Lundqvist. one nothing after one. Now 2-1 in the third. Martin Neckus with the shot off. Mark Stahl's foot. Canes hang on to win the opener. 3-2 over the Rangers. Also in the East, game one. Islanders and Panthers. Second period, 1-0 Isles. They add to the lead on the power play. Anthony Bovillier loads up and fires the one-timer through Sergei Bobrovsky. Makes it 2-0 New York after two. But the Panthers got one back. Opening shift of the third. Jonathan Huberdeau cuts to the net. Little five-hole there past a Semyon Vrlmanilov, but that's the way it ends. The Isles take game one over the Panthers. Well, as you've seen plenty of emotion on day one of the NHL's return, there is uh, no time to get settled with these best-of-five series. The Canucks season could literally be over by this Thursday if they get swept. At the same time, they could advance to the final 16 just that quickly. Everyone is amped up, and that's just the way Travis Crean wants it, even though for many of his players, this is their first taste of NHL sudden-death hockey. You have to go through it to experience, but a lot of these guys have played in in. Big games, big tournaments, international tournaments, uh, whether it's other leagues, championship leagues. But, hey, emotions are emotions, and they're going to be running high, and guys are excited to play, and uh, we're not going to harness it. We, we want to play an aggressive game, but patience with that aggressiveness uh, is something we've talked about a lot, and I expect our team to be jumping right from the start. I uh, expect Minnesota to do the same, and uh, I think you're going to see a lot of series fast, start fast. It's going to be able... Can you contain it? And can you play a solid
2: 60 minutes and stick with your game plan for 60 minutes?
10: Of course, on the day the NHL resumes, the Raptors also began playing for real. Nothing like piling it on all at once. But uh, hey, we're not complaining. Raps have a great chance to repeat, even though all the NBA insiders can't really see past the Lakers, Clippers and Bucks. But Nick Nurse has the deepest roster in the NBA. He's a brilliant coach and Toronto's experience and savvy will be dangerous. Raps have a tough schedule in their eight games before playoffs, starting tonight against LeBron and the Lakers. Lakers played their opener Thursday against the Clippers. Raps come out strong. Kyle Lowry loves that shot on the break, the long three. And then O.G. Ananobi with the spin move here and the basket. Don't forget he missed all of last year's playoffs with appendicitis. He's playing great. Rapp scored the first 13 of the game. Second quarter, Lowry to Mark Gasol for the basket. Originally called a charge against the big Spaniard, but overturned on a coach's challenge, so the layup is good. Later, Lowry blows past LeBron and goes in for the layup. But the Lakers do have a small lead. They're late in the first half, 44-41 L.A. Canadian Elite Basketball League Playoff Tournament from St. Catharines. Fraser Valley Bandits out of Abbotsford taking on Hamilton. Abbotsford's own class and with the drive. Misses first one but stays with it. Banks it in. He had six points. Bandits down four at the half. They did trail by double digits but rallied. Cameron Forte cut the lead to two. Now this tournament's using what's called the Elam ending to decide a game. A target score is set with four minutes to go in the fourth. First team to get it wins. In this case it's Hamilton. It gets to 101 first. It prevents fouling and clock management down the stretch. They used it at the NBA All-Star game to great success. Bandits, though, fall the 2-2 two and two their next game tomorrow against Niagara. FA Cup final from Wembley. No fans, of course. Chelsea and Arsenal. Chelsea strike early. The American Christian Pulisic will give the Blues the 1-0 lead just five minutes in but Arsenal equalized from the spot Pierre Emmerich Aubameyang has no problems from there it's 1-1 at the half and second half it's uh, Aubameyang one more time and it's a great play here to chip it over the Chelsea goalkeeper that makes it 2-1 Arsenal that was the winner that is tough, tough as Arsenal lift the FA Cup for the 14th time most of any team 2-1 the final over Chelsea. Third round of the WGC FedEx St. Jude from Memphis. Ricky Fowler in the hunt. Been doing this all tournament third time he's chipped in from off the green for birdie this time at the third hole ricky right there just two off the lead heading into sunday defending champ brooks kepka had a rough start to the day but then reeled off six birdies in an eight hole stretch almost holes went out for eagle here at 10. a little tap in birdie there he's in the mix fourth place just three shots back the leader is brendan todd who's been the leader uh, since yesterday putt here at the 16th. Todd at 12 under leads by one over South Korea's Ben on. Nick Taylor and Corey Connors are tied 22nd at four four under. Adam Hadwin 75th at plus nine. And Lewis Hamilton has won the poll for tomorrow's British Grand Prix with a new track record. Hamilton's seventh career poll at the British Grand Prix He's won that race six times. Valtteri Bottas qualified second. Canada's Lance Stroll qualified sixth and the other Canadian Nicholas Latifi qualified 20th and that's it for sports Colleen back to you it's I'm great to have the NHL and NBA oh, back isn't it ah feels good
1: it's great <laughs> I was just gonna say I'm getting woozy looking at that that race car footage though. Like, uh, well Whoa. yeah those
10: guy, yeah it's fast in there they Too like fast. to show the driver's point of view it gives no, you an kidding. idea how quick Yeah, for
1: sure It can't be overstated that the last five months have been challenging the pandemic, Black Lives Matter, threat to democracy. Well, now Nike has produced an ad with a timely message. While obviously supporting its brand, the commercial honors our resilience and perseverance while promoting strength in unity. Here it is. We're never alone.
7: And that is our strength. Because when we're doubted, we'll play as one. When we're held back, we'll go farther. And harder.
1: If we're not taken seriously, we'll prove that wrong. And if we don't fit the sport, we'll change the sport.
7: We know, Things won't always go our way. And the world's sporting events are postponed or cancelled. But whatever it is, we'll find a way. And when things aren't fair, we'll come together for change.
5: We have a responsibility to
1: make this world a better place. And no matter how bad it gets, We will always come back stronger, because nothing can stop what we can do together. I think Nike does some pretty amazing stuff. (laughs) What did you guys think?
10: Yeah, well, I think, like I mentioned, that even you know, hockey players in the past have certainly been neutral, and I think uh, you've seen them step up and all athletes around the world. I think they realize their fan bases uh, want to know how they feel, and I think maybe they might have more influence than, uh, than politicians and others. So it's, it's great to see you know, athletes around the world kind of coming together as one. and you know, no Give
1: the message.
4: And a lot of women in there, Yvonne. Too. Yeah. Great message and fantastic editing. It's un- it's incredible.
1: It is absolutely lovely. Thanks for joining us. That's the news hour for tonight. Jordan is here at eleven. Have a great night.